find, free, and follow, right? So you find your intuition, you find it, you tap in, and then you free your mind of those like fears, the limitations, the frustrations, the insecurities. So, and although it's free, you're never gonna be fully free of fear, right? Like right. it's it's just, it's a part of who we are. It's coming to peace with that part and learning to move through the fear and the limitations, right? And then follow is when you actually do that leap of faith. You actually have the courage to follow it. And like you said, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to abandon yourself and, and it can be baby steps. You know, you do this in small, you know, start with small things that you feel ready to do and then gradually move to the bigger things if you need to. Hello, Thrivers. Welcome back to season three with Thrive with Sharon podcast. I am so excited that you're here and I'm excited that you keep tuning in. And if you are now just finding this podcast, please make sure that you hit the subscribe button and leave a little review and let us know what you think of this conversation. Um, today, I so we continue to just spiral out um, from our established communities and find more incredible people doing amazing things in the world. And recently, um, Samantha Joy, one of our mutual friends introduced me to Kara. Um, Kara Kelly is an accomplished speaker. She's an author and the founder of The Kelly Effect, a growing learning and development company with a passion for empowering individuals to reach their full potential. And Kara has dedicated over a, a decade of helping people over challenges, embrace their authenticity, and achieve personal and professional success. Starting as the youngest international trainer for an education program in Australia, she has since traveled extensively and lived in multiple countries, gaining valuable heights and experiences that now shares she shares with her audiences. Um, the thing that I love the most about this human being is that she has a global lens. And I cannot tell you how important it is for us to really widen our lens and to open up and be curious and embrace things that are outside of our own norms, our own cultural norms, as well as our own societal norms and familial norms. So I, I can't wait to dive into this discussion, but Kara, her journey has gone from being very indecisive and people pleasing and, and she was a middle school teacher and probably very much like followed the treadmill of life and the way that things are structured and set out for us to follow. And then she became, she did a pivot and she became a bold, unapologetic speaker. And she is now um, facilitating things in, uh, on the basis of her own inspirational talks. And she's now touching people worldwide. So Kara, I'm so excited to have you here today and to join me in this discussion about all of the amazing things that you've done in your life and your journey. Welcome. Thank you, Sharon. I'm so excited to be here. I really, I really am. And I know that we're very aligned, so I can't wait to see where this conversation goes. <laughs> I, yeah, in our pre-chat, you know, I try not to pre-chat too much. That's such a challenge for me because I, I, I like to talk. And um, I love to get to know people. And so one of the things that we just kind of discovered is how we are so aligned with this deprogramming, let's just say, this deconstruct of 
this way of being, especially as I identify as a woman, you identify as a woman, right? So for women who have kind of been placed in these like very dichotomous roles, right? Where on the one hand, we're, we're being groomed to be powerful and get these positions where we're helping to serve people and reach these great heights professionally. But at the same time, we're not really being given the energetic as well as literal, even in equal seating uh, mm. as other people. And so some of the ways that we find ourselves finding success is through shrinking who we are and diminishing who we are. So I, I'd love to hear more about that part of your journey and mm. you know where you were at before you made the pivot. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. And I often talk about the tall poppy syndrome. I I think you um, commented on something about that, that I made, made on Instagram, but yeah, it's as a tall poppy, right? We, we, as women, like you said, we're, we're encouraged and we're kind of, it's this new age, like pushing us down that path, but then you find yourself on that path and people are left, right and center trying to pull you down. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that I think more so once I became an entrepreneur, I really struggled with because I saw, I, I started to see who, who really were the people that were going to support me and cheer me on and not backstab me, you know? And, mm-hmm. and it is, I think, important to find, surround yourself with other people that are on that same, like a similar journey. Um, and that's where I met Sam. I'm really grateful for her because we're, we've been on this journey together. And prior to that, you know, I, I was doing fairly well in my career as a teacher and, and then, you know, helping pioneer this education program. And, and there were, there were moments of the tall puppy syndrome where people were trying to, you know, come in and cut me down and, and be condescending and whatnot. But I was fairly lucky with that piece of my journey but it wasn't until I stepped out and moved countries that I really started to explore who I truly was. And that was the piece for me, because I felt like even when I was in my teaching career, I was being all the things that everyone else wanted me to be. And I was, mm-hmm. you know, everyone could accept that and saw it as like as admirable what I was doing. But then once I really stepped out and started following my truth, my intuition, that mm-hmm. was when it I think it was a a scary, it began that kind of scary journey for me because it was so, it it wasn't rooted in logic. And that was what I had taught, how I had, I had been taught to live my life was very logical. Yes. Evidential um, Mm decision-making. Yeah. Um, And that's, oh, I totally understand that. Um, I, I too, you know, went through that as well. Mm. Um, I'm wondering what was underneath that, that drove you into that. Oh, I 100% went, cause I come from a, I'm from a really small town. Well, not really small, but it felt like a really small town, you know, to have this small talk and all the rest. And it felt like a very small town that I just had to get out of. I knew mm-hmm. I needed to break free from that and not because there was anything wrong with the town, but yeah. exactly what you were talking about in the beginning. I, you know, and I very intentionally was saying, I need to get out of my comfort zone. I want to go and be challenged and all the rest. And, and I actually moved to Scotland because my mom was born there and I had family there and I had a passport and 
Although it, it's kind of ironic because I wanted to be challenged and I was doing the most logical thing. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I took, the move I made was very safe and very logical. Yeah. yeah. But it, it, and that's where I, that's where I really was like, what am I doing? You know, why am I here? And, you know, I felt like I was making a difference in kids' lives before I made that move. And so then I was all of a sudden in Scotland working in a bar, like, what am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) What just happened? (laughs) So, yeah, I think, you know, below the surface, there was a lot of, there was a piece of me that knew there was more. There was a piece of me that knew like that little girl in me just wanted to spread her wings and truly fly, but I didn't know what that meant Mm. until I left. Oh my gosh. So I, how old were you when you did that? So I was 25 when I did that. I was a little younger than that. And I had this poll also, and it's interesting because I'm, I'm, half, almost half Scottish. So (laughs) on my father's side. Um, and so I really had this at a very young age, I had this knowing of just like, I need to go and explore and expand. I felt like it was like leading from this heart expansion place, right. Where it was just like this big, like voice and heart and just this. And I was too afraid. I was too afraid. I was paralyzed with fear and I'm not embarrassed to share this now. I mean, I'm far beyond those years, but I, I think it's important for anyone to hear this conversation. Who's hearing this conversation. Cause we're going to be all different ages and identities, right? Mm-hmm. That it's never too late to pursue that pull and that calling mm-hmm. Just because you didn't do it when you were in your twenties. Doesn't mean that you've missed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know actually some really amazing families who have decided to uproot themselves and go and live in different countries. And I think that like, we're kind of post pandemic, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and many, many families during the pandemic made the decision that they were going to make that move mm-hmm. because we kind of started to understand what was important. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So what do you think the implications would have been had you not done that? I know we can't go back and and change your decision. You've done what you've done, but like, what do you think from a holistic standpoint, what the implications would have been for you? Oh, so much. Like I, (laughs) I know that that leap led me to my husband it led me to like just kind of working backwards, right? My children, my husband, uh, being an entrepreneur, I, I truly think had I stayed in my hometown, I would have kind of bought into the 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 dream, you know, which is the American dream, the Australian dream. I think a lot of times we, and it's not even a dream, I think for most people, it's just the the norm of society where we get a good job, we stick at our job, we gradually make our way through some ranks and whatnot and you know, get married, settle down, have kids and buy a house and go on a holiday vacation once a year or whatnot. And I think I probably would have done that. I think I would have been a teacher for life in the school, in the school system. And it wasn't until I really removed myself and came to the U S and came, went to Scotland and then moved to the U S that I started to meet, I, I met different people and I started to see that there were different ways of living life. 
And that like, mm-hmm. I, that was when it was 2014, the first time I, I really truly met some people that were, that were entrepreneurs and their vision was freedom. And I was like, what, that's a thing. <laughs> what? My mind was blown, you know, <laughs> because I just thought everyone had a job and nine to five. And that was just kind of how you lived life. And so, yeah, I, there are so many things and I'm, I am really passionate about, about living in, in other countries and encouraging other people to Mm. do so. In fact, like I swear nearly every barista that I meet, I try (laughs) to tell them, I'm like, you should go if you're under 30. And I I know once you're over 30, there's still ways to do it. But there's a visa in Australia called a working holiday visa. It's so easy to get. And I always tell them, I'm like, you need to do this. Like it is literally a once in a lifetime opportunity and it will change your life forever. Living in another country is I think one of the best things that anyone could do. Traveling is one thing, but living in another country, it's, it's, it is life-changing. And I, I actually, that's partly how I met my husband was because I started, I had an, this idea and this all came through travel and through entrepreneurship. I had this vision of starting a charity called Pop the Bubble. And it literally is about taking teenagers and eventually adults, but the original vision was teenagers out of their bubble. You know, I, I worked with middle school kids and I saw so many, especially in the US, you know, a lot of them had never even left their hometown, like for even a vacation, you know, they'd never, never been out of their town, let alone their state, let alone their country yeah. and even their parents, the same thing. And so I, I just knew like I, my first international trip, I was very blessed that when I was 16, I did go to the UK with my my mom and my grandparents because that's where she was from. Mm-hmm. And I believe that was what planted that seed of mm-hmm. knowing there's more out there and I can do this. And yeah. so I think there, I think a, the culture in the US doesn't really encourage young people, especially to travel. I think it's becoming more popular now, but I, yeah, my vision is to take, was to take teenagers to um, other countries. And I mean, there was a charity that I am still going to partner with that, that is in Guatemala and they build bottle schools and it's an incredible company. And I, my vision is to take teenagers to do that work so they can really see what, you know, pop their bubble. Does my hair out of place really matter right now? Yes. <laughs> you know, right. Not. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I think it's, I think that our, our youth are probably more ready for that now than they ever have been. I agree. Um, I see even through my own children, I see who are, you know, like adult children now, young, Mm -hmm. they're adult Mm -hmm. children, but in their younger years of adulthood. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I just see how they're just really choosing different pathways it might have something to do with the fact that their mother does the same thing. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Yeah. Um, but I, I really love the fact that they're rewriting the way that we need to exist and be in the world. Mm. Um, and of course, I also want to say that if anybody is, has chosen to choose Mm. a more traditional route of, um, of employment or, or, or yeah. not even employment, but lifestyle or life. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't mean it's bad or wrong. It just means, you know, I, I think the most important query is to check in with yourself and say, am yes. I at peace? 
Yes. Or am I in conflict? And many Mm -hmm. times we don't realize that we are in conflict because again, that tangibility, right? We need that tangible evidence. Like, well, I guess I'm not in conflict because no one's telling me that I'm in conflict or there's no Mm -hmm. blood test that's telling me that I'm in conflict or there's no, you know, um, Mm -hmm. clinician that's telling me that I'm in conflict, but really we hold the truth. Yes. Right. We hold the truth. And so having the ability to feel safe, to come into ourselves Mm -hmm. and check in with ourselves and say, how am I digging this? Yeah. Right. Like, am I really digging this? Right. And am I feeling like I'm really expressing myself in a way that I I want to, and what do I need to do it for myself to be able to remove those barriers to do that? Sometimes it's just Mm. inner work and sometimes Mm -hmm. outer work. It's really just going out and, and exploring and allowing Mm -hmm. that exploration to help you to Mm -hmm. your soul in other areas. Right. So, um, but I think we need we obviously we need school teachers, we need bankers, oh, we need, 100%. you know, all of yeah. those, all of those skilled professionals. Um, but we also need the way showers. We need the light seekers. We need, mm-hmm. um, people who are, um, able to travel light mm. and move through the world, you know? Yeah. Well, and I also think like my something I'm really passionate about is is helping people follow their truth, you know. And your mm-hmm. truth might be your intuition might tell you to be a banker, and that's amazing. Right. Your intuition might tell you to be a teacher and to stay a teacher. Like, but the thing is that for me, my intuition led me, and I, my truth led me to teaching. But then it led me away from it, and that was okay. And this yeah. that's the thing I think people people. A lot of people, not everyone, but a lot of people will stay in a job, stay in a location, stay in a relationship, stay in a situation far beyond when their intuition calls them away from it. Mm -hmm. And that's when that conflict arises. That's when that discomfort, the frustration, the irritation that like there's so much the illness, like so much that happens, I think, when we ignore that. So whatever it is, even if it's calling you to a different career, like it might be you are a teacher and now you're being called to be a banker. Like, Mm -hmm. that's amazing. I don't think it matters if it's calling you across the world or if it's calling you to a job down the street. It's just about that to me is what I think that piece, like you said, that's where you find that piece is when you really trust and follow your intuition. Mm -hmm. Yes. Tell me more about... the difference to go from, cause I know you're, you speak on this and you help guide and lead people through this to go from conformity. Mm. Cause that's really what we're talking about. Right. Yeah. To yeah. your authenticity. Like, what does it look like for someone mm. who, who you work with? Yeah. I, I think this looks different for everyone, right? Like what your authentic self is calling kind of what I'm talking about just now, you know, what your authentic self is calling you to do is unique to you. And so, you know, I think the first thing is really about identifying, you know, am I living life on other people's terms or not? Or is this what the life I really truly want to be living? Am I making decisions based on what I want to be doing or what other people expect of me or want from me? 
Right. And I think that that's such an important point. And I really want to make sure we pull that out. So am I living my life on my own terms or someone else's terms? And that goes layers deep. Oh, yeah. Right. So what do you do? Because I, 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 this happens all the time. I think this happens mm. in transformation work and healing work all of the time. Um, I call it mud on the windshield, right? Mm. The inability to see. How do you even know? You know, some people just don't know that they're not living life on their terms. Because again, we have collective systems, we have cultural systems, we have family systems, we have relationship dynamics, we have mm. pressures that we kind of, and, and responsibilities that we say yes to that we don't realize the ramifications of some of those responsibilities, which is also like living by somebody else's truth, right? Mm-hmm. So how, how I'm curious how you address that, um, how you help people to be able to clean, clear the mud off the windshield, so to speak. Yeah, I honestly, one of the best things that I think people can do is ask powerful questions of themselves. Mm. Like questions are so underrated. Like if you could ask powerful open-ended questions to yourself or have someone else pose them to you and journal on it, you know, even if it's as simple as, you know, how do I make, do I make decisions? How do I make decisions? Right. What's, as simple as how do I make decisions? Like, what? Do, how do I come to a conclusion? Whether it's right. a big life decision, because mm. you'll soon discover. Well, I I sit down, I weigh up the pros and cons, I look at what other people. You know, you soon realize is it rooted in logic or is it rooted in your own intuition? Mm-hmm. Because it's very clear. You know, if you have a long list of how you make your decisions, it's probably unlikely that it's coming from that authentic self and your intuition guiding you. Because your default, and that's what society does, you know, is we are taught to to make decisions logically. So asking powerful questions, you know, how, so how do I make decisions? You know, what would I be doing if money and time weren't an issue? You know, just asking open-ended questions that get you start to really think and dream. And I mean, something I believe is that it's more about, it's not about finding who you are, it's remembering who you are, right? Peeling back, I I always talk about it like an onion, you know, we, you want to peel back those layers of Mm -hmm. the onion to get to the core of who you truly are and Mm -hmm. remember that. So a lot of that can be done through asking questions. I mean, obviously you're a coach, so you, you know, you understand like working one-on-one with someone makes it easier because they can kind of call you out and be like, ask, like dig deeper where you might just kind of brush over the surface. Um, But Talking with people as well, I think that are living their authentic truth because you soon start to see through other people like, well, wow, that's how they, how they're living their life. And you start to think about what do I really want and dream bigger for yourself. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's one of the biggest things. And, you know, for me, tapping into your intuition is such a personal thing. Like it's different for everyone. So it's finding what helps you tap into your intuition whether that's being out in nature meditating journaling traveling like finding those little things that will help you tap in to your intuition because that's when you'll also start to see 
okay, well, when you'll get challenged, there'll be opportunities where, you know, people will try and make you conform. And then it's like, okay, what's my authentic self telling me to do? Right. So you, yeah, that's, that's the main thing for me. I'm curious what you do. You see the mud on the windshield. What do you, yeah, I like that. I, I, I like to take people through a process. Um, it's very gentle. Um, but we really, um, I look at things from the body and the mind and the spirit. Mm-hmm. So if one we're we're usually very strong in one or more, but n- mm. rarely in all. Mm-hmm. Right. So the first thing we do is just take a look at where they're at, you know, mm-hmm. where spiritual beliefs, uh, where are they with really understanding their highest and best self. So intuition in my definition and in, in, in the, the way that I have learned through embodied wisdom as opposed as in addition to through spiritual masters and gurus and shamans and you mm-hmm. know uh, many different you know um pillars in different areas of spirituality mm-hmm. is that we our highest self is our souls speak mm-hmm. so we have our highest self and we have our lower self right? So we have the higher mind and the lower mind. Mm -hmm. And so when we're, and that comes from all aspects of the body, the mind, the spirit, right? So we are working either in our higher mind or our lower mind. We're working Mm -hmm. in our higher spirit or our lower spirit. We're working in our highest self physically or our lower self physically, right? And we can think of it in terms of vibration and energy. We can think of it in terms of, you know, relatable um, conversation and words, Mm-hmm. feel sluggish and tired and hopeless and whatever, mm-hmm. or do you feel vital and energetic right. and, you know, whatever. Um, and so through that, through that query and discovery, we find the areas that might be a little misaligned, right. Out of mm-hmm. alignment for them. Mm-hmm. And so I have a lot of people that come to me that want to increase their intuition. And I think Mm -hmm. it's beautiful. We're now more than ever, um, we're being guided to do that. And it's not just women. It's, it's every living being that there is right. Um, and so once we've discovered areas where we might be strong in, in areas where we might need to give more love to Mm -hmm. and energy to, then we start to detox those areas, Mm -hmm. all of them, right? So Mm -hmm. physical body, yeah, mental brain, right? The brain and the mind, as well as the spiritual aspect. So the spiritual aspect is very interesting for me because from a spiritual lens, everything, love is truth. Mm-hmm. Truth is love, mm-hmm. right? But we are all shedding, mm-hmm. um, every single one of us the layers that create the mud on the windshield for us, right? Mm -hmm. As far as like, Mm -hmm. what is really the truth? I think we've even, you know, in the pandemic, the first year of the pandemic, the first couple of months, one of the things that happened through kind of the planet Uranus um, being, you know, direct at that time and, and Uranus is like, is known as the great 
expander, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of the one that digs up all of the dirt and brings the skeletons that are buried in the soil to the surface, right? <laughs> yeah. So we had a lot of cultural uproars. We had a lot of global uproars because mm. we were discovering that what we were taught mm-hmm. wasn't true mm-hmm. about our history and about our people. And we literally were like, we've been connecting with people based upon this stuff that we were taught was true, but it wasn't. And now mm-hmm. we're, we're feeling like raw, all of us, yeah. were feeling raw, right? So, so from that spiritual lens, I guess I, I like to have us just not question, um, our faith, mm. but question the way that we're receiving our faith. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And that if we need to detoxify a little bit from that, right. And really just, um, align ourselves with people who are more with the truth of our highest power, as Mm. opposed to the truth of the individual who's in front of us, who's creating these rules for some sort of consumeristic benefit. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so that's the beginning of that beautiful, like, um, rhythmic discovery mm-hmm. of your intuition, which is basically your truth of your highest and best self. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that can, can take lifetimes for some it people. Can. Cause it, it takes a lot of courage. You know, I really think to, to embark on the, that journey takes a mm-hmm. lot of courage and to actually like the thing that I find a lot of times when it comes to people finding their intuition is people can often identify times where they've been in tune with their intuition and they've heard it, but they've ignored it, right? Mm -hmm. How many times have we done that? I know before I met my husband, that was kind of what you're, how you were saying the different, you know, the mind, the body and the soul and how like often we're strength, we have, you know, strength in certain areas. Something I find as well, which I'm sure you find with your clients is often where we can be quite intuitive and follow our truth in some areas of our lives, but not others. And that was what I identified when I was back in Australia, because I was very good at following my intuition. Like I moved, I literally moved to the U S based on my intuition. Like, you know, that was, I was in Scotland <laughs> and my intuition told me to move to the U S I was stone broke. I had no visa, no <laughs> job, no car, no house, zero logical reason to do so. But my, I was, like that was the first time in my life that I made a decision based out of my intuition rather than logic. And it was so magical. Like it was incredible. But again, my default, kind of what you're talking about with the people that you have those conversations with that are going to speak to your higher self or your lower self, past Kara would have conversations. Like at that point when I was trying to make a decision, because I was back in Scotland, like, what am I going to do? And I called all of my family and friends who I still love and adore, but all of them were used to speaking to my lower self. And they're like, well, you should just stay there, save some money, get a job lined up, then go to the US, you know, very logical. And I was like, but my intuition is like, and no one got it. And I had to, then I did, I took myself out in nature. I went on a hike and I remember it was one of those journeys that I went on Mm -hmm. and it was such an important moment for me because I... I didn't know where I was going. I just trust. I just, in that moment, just found my way to the top of this mountain and sat at the top and looked down and saw all of the thousand, like different paths I could have taken to get there. And I was like, that's my life. I just have to follow my gut and I'll 
find where I need to go. And I ended up going back to my great uncle and was like, I have to go. And he said to me, I know you do. I'm going to pay for your ticket. And I was like, I couldn't have like, again, because I trusted that in a guidance system and was ready to take a leap of faith and be courageous, incredible things happened. But it ta- it's, and that's where it's scary because usually it doesn't make any sense. And no. then it makes a sense. It goes against all reason. Exactly. It goes against <laughs> all reason. I mean, people say that to me all the time. They're just like, I, it, it's just not. And I'm like, doesn't make sense. Yeah. You're like, that's how you know it probably is what you need to do. Exactly. (laughs) And that's it. I talk about flexing your courage muscle because that's what it is. You have to keep being courageous and take these leaps of faith, which are scary. But when you you are doing it from a space of it, that higher self, Mm -hmm. it really does. It's magical. I don't know how else to explain it, but what happens is it's just beautiful. I, I, I kind of, I'm a very sensory person, right? Mm. So I feel, I literally feel these things mm. and I taste these things and I can see these things and I can just, and so when, when for myself, when I take that step towards mm. a greater alignment of self and selfhood and selfness and love, it's like, it's scary. And there's all these like little gremlins that start to talk to you and tell you all of these things <laughs> about yourself that like, you know, are true. Right? Right. <laughs> You're going to die. Right? <laughs> You're gonna starve. And, and I just say, but what do I really need? Mm-hmm. And when I surrender to that and surrender to less, mm-hmm. I always get more. Yeah. And I feel like I just kind of fit into this hum of Mm. the universe. Mm -hmm. And when you're in the hum Mm. of the universe, you're no longer thinking about yourself. Mm -hmm. You're feeling the infinite. You're feeling the infinite Mm -hmm. period. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of us, are, are there and able to be there for extended periods of time or even for, from one point for the rest of our lives and others get to feel that feeling a few times in their lifetime, but every single time it's worth it to take that Mm. chance on yourself because you're worth it. And I also think that, um, when we take that step, like you did, we always get steps laid out in front of us. Mm-hmm. And I say this all the time that we live in that tangible aspect, right? We Let's just say that our lives are 100%, like 360, 100%, right? Mm-hmm. We all are designed to live in survival mode. Mm-hmm. All of us. And survival mm-hmm. mode only lives in the 1% of the 100%. Mm right? So 99% of our 360 experience that is here for us. Yeah. Isn't what we know. Yeah. Right. So in order for us to get into that 360 experience, that hundred percent, right. Mm. It doesn't mean we have to abandon the 1% that we know. It means we get more. 
Mm -hmm. We also get to meet her sort of, but not really. We get to meet her like how much it's not like a fire hose. Right. So it's just like, we right. got 1% now it's like 99%. Oh my God. Right. Yes. Something out of a plane, but like, it's, you get to meet her at a little bit. You give yourself grace. You allow yourself to metabolize mm -hmm. you allow yourself to come back to your own personal safety and just check all of those things out. And following your intuition isn't about being right or perfect. No, I'm sure that there were not every step went smoothly oh, for you. No, absolutely. <laughs> and that's, I, that's absolutely a misconception. I think people, yeah. you know, think, well, it should be perfect when I do that then, because I took that courageous leap of faith. Like, no, but the, no. it's, it's about the, the peace that you have, even when it's challenging. Yeah. Like that was the thing for me that was such a, oh gosh, like such a revelation when I first moved here. And yeah, it was, there was so many challenges, but it was also, there was so many incredible things that were happening simultaneously, mm. but man, I told you I was broke when I moved here. And so I was like, I had to fly home to get my visa. Like, so there was so many challenges, right? Quote unquote challenges, but because it was aligned, it, it didn't feel, I mean, it was still hard, but mm. I was I, I knew I could do it, you know, and you just have, you, you, what does it choose your hard? It's going to be hard. No matter life is going to be hard. There's going to be challenges, <laughs> right? But yeah. do you want it to be something that is exciting and something that feels aligned? Or do you want it to be something that is boring, but you don't enjoy, you know, and that just makes you feel like you're constantly living in frustration. <laughs> so that was, yeah, I think, I think it's really important to know that because I have people that say, well, I followed my intuition once and it, it did me wrong. It did this, it did that. And yeah. I'm like, well, did it really though? Maybe it was stopping you from something even worse. You know, maybe there was something else that you avoided mm -hmm. by being on that. It's the path of least resistance, not the path of no resistance, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be resistant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And sometimes we find, we find our path by greeting the resistance. Yeah. Yes. Right. Just exactly. like, what am I feeling resistant to? I, I have a, a beautiful friend who I met on Instagram and she's from Abu Dhabi and she read my book. She started reading my book and she said, I started feeling such resistance after I got through the first couple mm -hmm. chapters. And she said, so I knew that that meant that I had to write, read the book. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like cue the tears, cue the journaling, <laughs> cue the questions, cue the thing. She said, I felt healed mm -hmm. after I finished reading the book. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's, it's really where we find our fear points. And I'm not saying do things scared and make yourself feel abandoned or yeah. that, but, but I think it's important for us to be kind and gentle and loving and help to coax our, our younger selves that are guiding us. Those mm -hmm. are the protective mechanisms that are in place, right? All of those fractured parts of our younger selves that are just like, you haven't kept me safe yet. Right. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what the heck do you think you're doing going to the United mm -hmm. States, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Go and buy another cardigan sweater and go right. back to that bathroom, right? <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah.
Yeah. And you know, it's funny you say that because it makes me think of Sam, actually, Samantha Joy. One thing that she said to me one time that I was like, man, that hits home is she was talking about, we were talking about self-sabotage, right? And she was saying self-sabotage isn't a thing. It's self-preservation. Mm-hmm. You are, because all it is, is you're, you're scared. Your inner self, your inner child is trying to protect you. And so you quote unquote sabotage that situation or, you know, because you were trying to protect yourself. And so, and I'm like, yeah, that's 100% true. And that's, to me, that's what that fear is, right? Because like, whenever you're going to take that leap, I mean, I have this um, formula, like find free and follow, right? So you find your intuition, you find that you tap in and then you free your mind of those like fears, the limitations, the frustrations, the insecurities. So, and although it's free, you're never going to be fully free of fear, right? Like it's, it's just, it's a part of who we are. It's coming to peace with that part and learning to move through the fear and the limitations, right? And then follow is when you actually do that leap of faith, you actually have the courage to follow it. And like you said, it doesn't have to be you don't have to abandon yourself and, and it can be baby steps. You know, you do this in small, you know, start with small things that you feel ready to do and then gradually move to the bigger things if you need to. Like, I mean, I dove into the deep end when I, when I did it, cause this, it was the first time I followed my truth and it took me across the country. So, I mean, do whatever's right for you. <laughs> I totally get that. I mm-hmm. totally get that. I, yeah, exactly. You just follow your own truth, greet your own swerve, right. Mm-hmm. And just let it go. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think the most important thing is to take action on it on some yes. level and not be afraid of it being the wrong thing or being, you know, having some sort of negative consequence for whatever it is. It It's when you follow your highest self and your guidance you're greeting the parts of, of your life and, and, and their growth opportunities so that you can gain the wisdom that mm-hmm. you need to be able to do the things that you want to do. And when we're entrepreneurs, I mean, I think that like, it's a constant evolution of self, right? Oh, uh, yeah. I give, I, I, you know, failing is part of success. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're not failing on some level, then you're really not successful. Mm-hmm. Right? So I give the example of um, McDonald's, right? So when McDonald's first came out, they were making a killing selling a Coke, um, French fries and a cheeseburger, mm-hmm. right? Now, if McDonald's didn't take risks and m- come up with like the McFlurry and, right. and you know, leprechaun shake and like, you know, um, the McRib, Right. right. You know that anybody, you know, they, those weren't, not all of them were successes. Right. But they continue mm. to evolve the brand. If they didn't do that and they still just had the Coke, the French fries and the cheeseburger, they would have been swallowed up whole. Right. But right yeah. now they're like one of the number one franchises in the world. Right. Yeah, exactly. So McDonald's is a wonderful way. And I'm, not saying that, you know, from a health standpoint, you know, right. but I'm saying like from a business standpoint, <laughs> yes. right. That like, it's, it's, they're a wonderful model to, to think about, right. Mm-hmm. Just to, to choose to try um, and invest in mm. kind of the engineering behind it. However, that is like that, mm-hmm. that inner engineering of yourself, take the risk, 
And then if it doesn't work, be like, okay, right. Some you'll learn some, right? right? Like this is life. We don't have to take it so seriously. Mm-hmm. Not everything is life or death. And that's yes. that like 1% survival mode comes in, right? Exactly. We, we feel like everything is life or death because mm-hmm. we're in that survival mode all the time, which is basically just to keep us alive. Right. right. Yeah. So um, talk to me about, um, I just am loving this conversation so much. You, I, I can't wait to spend more time with you. Like <laughs> me too. Know? I know, like, <laughs> um, but I, I want to know about, I, I know that you talk a lot about boundaries and mm. how important they are. Like, can you, can you share more about that, Kara? Gosh, yeah. Boundaries. Boundaries are, this is something that I know I struggled with for the longest time and it's something I'm still on a journey with. You know, I think, I think as girls, as especially as females, we grow up being taught. And I think people pleasing and boundaries go hand in hand. Oh, yes. So I I, like 100%, they go hand in hand. And I think as little girls, we're taught, you know, be kind, be nice, be, you know, and, and that, which is important for sure. You want to be kind to yourself and others, but you also still, I think the piece that we miss when we're growing up that we, I don't know whether we just don't learn it often or it's not taught explicitly, but the kindness to self is what we suppress because we want to do everything to keep everyone else happy. And that's why we don't set boundaries. We, we become a yes, a yes woman, right? Yes, mm-hmm. I'll do that. Yes, I'll, you know, and that was me 100%. Oh. I, and I, while, and I was thinking about this the other day, you know, people pleasing, there's nothing wrong with wanting to please other people, yeah. right? There's, of course, you know, like, do I want to do a great job today? Cause I want, you know, to please you. Of course. Like, yeah. yeah, like that's, but there's nothing wrong with that because it's still in alignment with what I desire. Yeah. The problem with people pleasing is a lot of the times we push our own desires, needs, wants aside for someone else's desires, wants and needs. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's where you have to set boundaries right and it mm-hmm. it starts I I do think this is a muscle as well I think it's something oh, yeah. that you and and sometimes oh my gosh I recently had a situation where I looked back and was like oh my gosh, I I missed an opportunity to set a boundary and because it was co- it was and the reason why I say that is because it ended up having a ripple effect a negative ripple effect on myself and my family Mm. and because of the people it was partly people pleaser partly that the situation right was wrapped up in a different way to what I was used to you know I feel like in my personal life in my life I've become quite quite good at setting boundaries you know and I I, it started small you know I had to start with if someone asked me to go out and do something with them that and I had plans that day I had to just start practicing saying I can't do it right now but I can do it tomorrow or you know just being able to say no is it is a skill and it is a really challenging skill for some people so it just baby steps you know be gentle with yourself is something that I think is really important as again as a female because we and I remind people you know you can be kind and loving and generous and still have boundaries. <laughs> you can be simultaneously both. Because I think people have this vision and this image in their mind of 
if you have boundaries, you're going to be a bitch. Like you're just a horrible person because you don't care about anyone else but yourself. Mm -hmm. That couldn't be further from the truth. The thing is you care about yourself and others. And so it's about being able to decipher what is it I need right now and actually get being, and that's tuning into yourself, right? What do I need right now? And is, you know, this request from someone else, whatever it might be, the situation, like I was talking about, we had, it was one of my husband's friends that came and was staying with us. And there was lots of layers to the situation, right? And because it wasn't one of my friends, had it been one of my friends, would have been a different situation, totally. And being able to set a boundary in place would have been probably not a problem because it would have been my friend and I would have, it would have been fine. But it turned out that I let this person push our boundaries, push into our world too much. And it it had a pretty bad ripple effect. And so, and that's when you are reminded of, okay, that was an opportunity for me to set a boundary and have a hard conversation. Like that's, that's really what about boundary setting? Why most people don't set boundaries is because it, it requires a hard conversation. Mm -hmm. And that was what was needed. But this person was also deflective, like would not stand still to have a conversation, would walk off mid, you know, so it was, it was a very challenging situation, but again, a reminder of, especially your personal space, you've got to be so intentional about who you allow in. Yeah. And especially with kids who you allow in and who you close the door to and who you set, even if it's like, okay, you can be here. And I ended up setting a boundary after the fact and it pushed that person completely away. Oh, well, so I was like, okay, exactly. Okay. I, I, <laughs> that could. Yeah. So that just provides more wisdom. It does. And that's, and I think that's the grace part. You have to give yourself grace because like I said, this is something I've been practicing for years. I mean, my people pleasing and boundary setting journey began when I first started following my truth. And that was like over, that was over a decade ago where I really intentionally started doing all this. And then you're going to be provided opportunities along the way where, you know, you may or may not do what you know was the best thing to do in that moment. And it's giving yourself grace with that and knowing like, okay, yeah, again, wisdom. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) I think about, um, I, in my work, it, it just kind of has blossomed into this intergenerational healing within family systems Mm -hmm. so beautiful and um so usually what ends up happening is like I start working with one family member and then another family member needs assistance and this one particular family um the the adult daughter had been has been on a healing journey for years um Mm -hmm. and was working with me and then just the, the the mother um, started working with me like six months ago. And what came out in a conversation was that this daughter who is now also a parent of a young child has been holding resentment for her entire life because Mm. she was forced to have to hug people and she never liked hugs Mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. And so part of the conversation was 
I have to tell you my truth. Yes. And the truth was, I don't like hugs. Yeah. I, for very few people, do I enjoy hugs. And when I do, it's got to be very much on my terms. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to hug. Mm -hmm. And I... And, and, but the interesting thing is that the story that the mother had said and it was very hard for the mother to receive this, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what are you talking about? Because like you were known as like the, the family's greatest hugger and hugs are a sign of love and hugs are this and hugs are that. And my client was like, and I never felt safe. Yeah. Yep. And so the thing is, is that like to kind of speak into the boundary setting, it takes as long as it takes in your healing for you to be able to get to the point where you can understand where some of your emotion, like your uncomfortable emotions and some of your behaviors are stemming from. And Mm -hmm. many times it's not because we're adults or we're like sovereign beings, like complete in complete control of our thoughts and our decision-making and all that stuff. Many people who are placed in our caregiver roles are of the best of intention, but they're not necessarily helping you to learn what it's like to honor your truth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yes. So there's nothing wrong or at fault with that situation other than the fact that it took 30 years for this person to actually allow themselves to release the poison that they had inside their bodies because they were feeling resentment for 30 years. Right. And didn't know how, what it was. Articulate that. Yeah. Right. So a boundary is for me, it's, it's based on what your standards are, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you, you have your children, yes. you have your family. It's very clear that you and your husband have a very specific standard mm-hmm. of the way that you want to raise your children and the way that you want to live and be in the world and exist in the world and what you're putting out in the world and all of that stuff and what you're receiving in from the world. Mm-hmm. And so it, I, I think where people find it hardest to have a boundary is when they have, they've been such a people pleaser that yes. they have no standards whatsoever. They have no needs. Yes. Right. So from the trauma lens and I, I'm, you know, that's where I kind of come from, right. Mm-hmm. The trauma lens of many people who have experienced really heavy and hard and challenging traumatic things in their lives are programmed to believe that they don't have any needs. Yes. Right. Yep. So I also want to have a deep appreciation for people who are starting at that point. Yes. So the journey to be able to get to the boundary, like don't feel bad if you're having a hard time establishing a boundary. Boundaries, boundaries are verbs. Boundaries Mm -hmm. are actionable. Boundaries Mm -hmm. aren't having you and I having the conversation with, okay, Kara, listen, you know, like I, I really don't like the word, um, Skittles. So in our conversations, could you please not use the word Skittles? Right. Right. Um, and then you're talking and going off and you're in flow and you're just like in Skittles, right? I'm not going to say like, oh, you crossed a boundary. Right. Because the boundary needs to be asserted. Yes. Which is just like, um, I had informed you what my standard was and I just don't really like the word Skittles. And I, I understand it's just part of your vocabulary. I just want to let you know when, when it's spoken, it just makes me feel really uncomfortable and I'm probably just going to peace out, you know? <laughs> right, right. Right. So 
many people feel like they wait until they have this like volcanic eruption of emotion Mm -hmm. to actually establish the boundary because they're so uncomfortable. And then that's what dictates the boundary, which is what makes boundaries so hard, right? Because we don't want to be volcanically erupting emotionally all the time. Yes. Um, so, so I love the fact that you kind of blend in the fact that people pleasing and boundaries go hand in hand. So if you do find yourself in the audience, I'm sure there are people that are listening, like literally taking notes right now. And so I think if you find yourself in a situation where you are constantly feeling offended or disrespected or abandoned, taken advantage heard, of, or yeah. taken advantage of, I think it's a matter of re-engineering what your understanding is of a boundary mm-hmm. and understanding that if you're not comfortable really establishing that boundary yet, then let's go back to what your beliefs are on your standards, mm-hmm. your own life, exactly. right? Yes. And um, and then from there, they just organically flow then into balance, yes. right? It does, yeah. So 100%. Yeah. And I think it, it's all in, interconnected as well, like you said, with following your truth and being able to speak your truth. Yeah. Because it's so interesting, the story you were telling of the um, of the girl, because I actually met someone at this birthday party a little while back and it was her mom and daughter, same sort of thing, a mom and daughter. And the daughter was an adult. She was in her early twenties. And, and we were talking about my son and uh, um, the daughter and how they're kind of similar. Like my son is, he's a little, like ever since the day he was born, he wasn't one of those kids of straight away, like smiley and like, we'll just go to people. He would mean mug you. He would look at people. He didn't <laughs> like, and if he didn't like you, he wasn't going to pretend. And he wasn't about to go and like, just make friends with anyone. Like he was quite standoffish until he felt comfortable. Right. Yeah. And we allowed that to be the case. And and I remember this lady saying, oh, it reminds me of my daughter when she was younger. She said, I'll never forget. There was this one guy at church that, you know, she never wanted to hug. She would refuse to hug him. And and I always was so embarrassed. She said, I would be like, you've got, you can't do that. You've got to be kind. You've got to give him a hug or whatever. And she said, and to this day, the girl still, same thing, doesn't like hugs. And she said, and, and I, I had said to her, like, that's amazing because that was her intuition telling her not so, turned out this guy was a pedophile, right? They find out down years later. But the thing is, her intuition was telling her, truth was telling her, don't hug this person. Mm-hmm. And But she was being pushed by society because the mom felt uncomfortable that, no, 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 you got to be nice. you got to give this man a hug, right? Or give him a high five or something. And I think as parents, it's important. It really is so important that we, we find space for that for ourselves because mm-hmm. it, and that, and, and again, it can show up. It can show those challenge or that like the the situations the trauma that we have from growing up that's created this belief of no no you have to be nice you have to be kind whatever it is and being able to to even though we have our own baggage to be able to hold that space for our children so they don't pick up on the same it's I mean parenting is a whole nother element right it's oh, a whole yeah. nother aspect you're going to come back and we're going to talk about that <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's, I think following your truth and being able to follow your truth is an important part of, of people pleasing and boundary setting. Like they're all so interconnected. Um, But yeah, I love everything you said there. 
Yeah. And you, it's the same. I mean, you're just, just a shining example of really organically finding yourself to that truth and allowing the process to unfold in a very kind of not like, you know, like in a messy action kind of a way in a, a perfectly yeah. imperfect way. Right. <laughs> Um, which is, it goes against the way that many of our ancestors, um, thought that, you know, all of the efforts that they provided or that they gave to provide us with the opportunities to have what we have, you know, to have an easier life doesn't yeah. necessarily, um, it doesn't always align. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it is, it is hard um, it is really hard. It is hard. Yeah. I want to acknowledge that it's not, Oh, it is, you know, it's, it's hard in ways that, you know, we all have our own hard and our own resistance to pain on certain levels. Right. But the hard that we're encountering and confronting is like trying to greet a tsunami wave yeah. of seven generations of thousands of people in our ancestry. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Whenever you make that move, like, I love the fact that you speak of um, courageousness, right? Mm -hmm. Because it is so courageous. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely courageous to any time honor yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes. Really honor your own path. So Kara, Kelly, you have been so wonderful. This has been such a magical conversation I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, I did so much. I really did. Yeah. Yes. And I am sure that um, our community is, is absolutely going to love, 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 love finding you. And so I'm going to put all of your um, ways to connect in the show notes. Um, but is there anything that you'd like to leave us with before we end today? Oh, goodness. I mean, it's just been so wonderful to chat with you. <laughs> I think we should chat for hours. Yeah. And I think I'm trying to think if there's one last thing. I think, you know, the biggest thing is be gentle with yourself on this journey mm. because it really, like I said, it doesn't matter how many years you have been on this journey, on this physical plane, in this physical body, you know, it's, it, there are, and I was listening to Jamie McFadden and you speaking previously, and it, it is, there are waves. It, there, it is a roller coaster and you will sometimes be frustrated with yourself. You'll slip off, but it's, it just be very gentle with yourself. Keep coming back to yourself and those practices that help you tune into yourself, mm -hmm. finding those practices that work for you when you're going through hard times is the biggest blessing to be able to come, come back to those. So sage advice. Yeah. Words of true embodied wisdom. I can tell you're speaking from a, a true embodied experience of that. Mm. So that really um, lands well. Um, and so thank you so much. And Kara, I, again, hope that people will connect with Kara um, on social media. We, um, connected on Instagram. And also again, uh, as we said, through Samantha joy, um, and also if you're just finding me here on this channel, um, click the link below and join our community so that I can keep you updated on speaking engagements, book talks, lots of different stuff that I like to share, uh, wisdom with our community. And of course, all of the podcasts and lives that I do with our community. So thank you everybody. And until the next time, peace and love and be gentle with yourself.